You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's good stuff. Good stuff. All right, so a quick episode today. We wanted to kind of put a finishing touch. A little- you freeze for you? Yeah. <laughs> Great. It's going to be one of those f-ing days. <laughs> got to get a photo of this. Welcome to On the Bench. I'm your host, Brendan Sedone, doing this a second time because Comcast sucks. What? I couldn't hear you. No, you, you heard me. Don't you mess with me. He's spasming all across the screen. Am I still? You're like lagging a bit, yeah. The voice is fine, but your like video is going crazy. Newberg leaves and everything goes to shit. Oh, why does it say Rebels 24-7? <laughs> Yancey. <laughs> Gotta edit all. Oh, my God. <laughs> Three, two, be, one. I'm going to become a grifter. For today's episode, we are going to put the finishing touches on this past weekend, a productive weekend for Florida State with its elite camp, uh, which we did a quick instant reaction with Bud Elliott on Saturday evening. And then there was the mega camp on Sunday. Some really good stuff coming out of that uh, with, with some coverage standpoints. Zach wrote a really cool story that I want to get into. But first, fellas, I think the the news of the day, I guess it was the news of yesterday, but we can't podcast every single day. We're not machines. And that's uh, twofold for quarterbacks. One, FSU is going to have a second quarterback official visiting this weekend, Brock Glenn. And then its current quarterback commit, Chris Parson, is going to take an unofficial visit to Mississippi State this weekend uh, in the form of a, of a camp. Where do we want to start, Brock Glenn or Chris Parson? I think Chris Parson's what I vote for, but this is a democracy. Fellas, what do you want to start with? Chris Parson. He's one that's currently committed. All right, that's two votes to one, Zach. Oh, yeah, Zach, your vote doesn't even count, so it's not really dem- – you know, it's just like a democracy. Your vote didn't count at the end. Uh, so, so Chris Parson is taking an unofficial visit to Florida State. Oh, my God, three, two, one. Chris Parson is taking an unofficial visit. To- <laughs> he's so, so fucking I'm the one greatly You got me flustered with your because your goddamn negativity, Chris. My goddamn negativity. I don't need it. I'm an idea man. I don't have negativity. I want things to run well. Efficiency doesn't mean negativity. It means can do it the right way. Right. Zach, fire Sinone. Chris was a little negative at the start of this. No, I, I agree with him though. So Sinone, that shit. Gosh, I don't know if you know this, but I'm the budding star of the FSU market, according to some. <laughs> Put some respect on my goddamn You're the name. Superstar. You buy that. You buy that, Sedone. All right. So three, two, one. Chris Parson will be taking an unofficial visit to Mississippi State this weekend. It's in the form of a camp. Uh, I don't think this is top insignificant, dog. fellas. What? Go dogs? Top dog camp. It's a top dog oh. camp. Yeah. Does anyone have a cowbell we can ring right now? I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. I'll, get to, I'll start off with Chris because I think he's got stuff to get off his chest. So, Chris, go talk about Chris because I don't think it's insignificant. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't really have a lot to get off my chest, to be perfectly right. honest. I, I mean, 
FSU is looking around. He's looking around. I think it's pretty simple and clean cut. Do you think this is like, do you think this is like that one song where they're like, if you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain and, you know, the, the guy's looking for something new and his girlfriend's looking for something new and at the very end, they kind of find each other at the beach at the end and they answer the ad and it's like, oh, it was you all along. Well, I think the beach might be the end of June when it comes to FSU quarterback recruiting. I don't know if Chris Parson and Tony Tokars and FSU will find each other at the beach together at the end of the month, but I do know that I think a lot of this is all going to be settled here in the next two to three weeks. Chris Parson came to FSU this past week for elite camp. There is a significance to that. It matters. It's good to see. It's still positive. He's obviously going to Mississippi State for a visit. His old backyard, it's right there, a school that recently has ratcheted up the interest a little bit as things have shaken a little loose with his commitment, it seems. So he's going to go there and see it. We'll see what comes from Friday when he steps on campus there, does what he does, and what he says. There's matter Things matter when you say them, but there's also the actions that speak as well as the words. With FSU, you know, we're going to get into it. They're going to host two quarterbacks this coming weekend. Do I think FSU ends up signing two quarterbacks? They say they want to, but I'm not convinced they do, at least not from the traditional sense of the high school ranks. So I think right now FSU is in search of which quarterback out of the three to one they have committed to two they have visiting that they truly want to be part of this class. If they can have two of the three, then I think they simply would say yes, but I don't expect that to happen. I'm not sure any quarterback really wants to be the second guy in a class. I have a question for both of you. So last year we saw the whole Nico Markle, A.J. Duffy situation. A.J. Duffy jumps in the boat, um, and then we saw Nico Markle start to take visits elsewhere. Why do you think now that it seems like Florida State's okay with their quarterback commit taking visits? Last year we were we were told that, you know, a quarterback commit from Florida State that's taking visits is no, is no longer considered a commitment. Um, Brendan, why do you think that that changed? I think there's two things going on here. The first is I think at the time Florida State felt really good about the position it was in with A.J. Duffy and what was eventually going to happen if I'm getting my timelines correct. I just know on the back end, I remember them thinking they were in good position. So having one guy leave when you felt like you almost had another one in the boat is different than what this scenario is, which is I think Florida State's in a decent position for the two quarterbacks, Ricky Collins and Brock Glenn. But I don't know if either of those to be imminent uh, if – we're not reporting like that's something that's happening right now. So that's that's one aspect of it. Can't kick one guy out without having a backup plan. Uh, and the other part of it is I do legitimately think they're okay taking two quarterbacks. I understand that this is kind of the cost of doing business. I think they would actually prefer to have two quarterbacks in this class. So you have one already committed. You have to open it up a little bit. You understand that Chris Parson is going to have the right to look around because you're looking around. So it's kind of mutually exclusive we're both going to kind of do the pina colada getting caught in the rain type of dance here. Right. So I think that's really what we're looking at here was last year with Nico Markio, they were kind of okay with him leaving at that point generally. Uh, and I don't know if they needed to, or if they thought they needed two quarterbacks, they guess they would have been fine with it uh, here. They would legitimately like to have Chris Parson in this class, uh, but I don't think they would feel great if Chris Parson was the only quarterback in this class. They want to do their due diligence and try to see if they can, add to to this quarterback class with with one more guy who who they like. Yeah, and the departure of Nico came with kind of the finality of AJ ending up at FSU. At this point, FSU has Chris Parson. One of the other two they're recruiting, Ricky Collins, is committed to Purdue, and the other one, Brock Glenn, has been to TCU and Auburn recently on officials, and he's supposed to go to Virginia after here, and there are several others per, pursuing him. And there's people that think right now he's leaning towards Auburn. I think there's a recent crystal ball for Auburn, in fact. So, 
it's not uh, to me, it's not kind of the same situation in the way it's working out. And the other answer here is that there's a different boss in town when it comes to that position. Uh, you know, last year it was a Kenny Dillingham situation. This year it is a Tony Tokar situation. In my opinion, this is a recruitment situation where he's very much putting his fingers on how it's going to be done and what he's going to do and what he wants. This is a very, it's a different situation, first of all, because like you said, I even think AJ Duffy was committed by the times June rolled around. Like I think he committed late May, if I believe. Um, and that's as soon as that happened, we saw Nico start taking visits and Florida state was already had the assurance of like, Oh, we got, you know, a guy, our guy um, in the class as well. Uh, whereas now they're kind of, they're in the mix for Brock Glenn and Ricky Collins, but I, I wouldn't call FSU the outright leader for either. So it's not like they're just, you know, comfortable and confident that they've got another guy in the wings if Parson goes elsewhere. So they got to play this, you know, I don't know what you would call it, a game um, a little bit, this recruiting game a little bit carefully. Um, but like you said, I would 100% think that they want both ideally. But obviously, Chris mentioned, like Chris mentioned, it, it's, you know, a quarterback doesn't want to be the second guy in a class nowadays, especially. I was just going to say, is there the uncomfortable feeling of at the end of the day, FSU plays with fire, gets burnt, and but, none of the three end up in the class? That's what I was about to, to get at. Is that something yeah. that we have to at least address? That is a possibility. I don't know likelihood. I won't put odds or numbers on it. But, yeah, that that certainly exists. But I think that also speaks to the fact that they're willing to take that gamble. I think, Chris, when you mentioned earlier that yeah, actions speak louder than words in the recruiting process, like – Florida State's actions show that they are comfortable taking that roll of the dice of maybe losing Chris Parson in this class to get uh, one of the other quarterbacks either to upgrade from him in their mind or uh, at the very least to add to the class along with Chris Parson. They're okay understanding that that opens up the door some, which I think is telling of, of how they feel about him. That's just my evaluation on, on how they're handling this. They're, they're okay rolling the dice. It is worth mentioning, as you reported yesterday, Brendan, that he did communicate these plans to FSU regarding Mississippi State. So this isn't something where word leaked. This is a matter of this was known and it is what it is. Yeah. And that's the other thing. I Well, I'm trying to remember this is a year ago with the Markiel stuff. Like, I don't remember if it was as clearly communicated that he was going to take some visits. I don't think it was like done in secrecy, but I think it just kind of popped up. I think this was uh, more a little bit more pre-planned uh, I'm mistaken or if I'm not mistaken, uh, but again, that was a year ago. Does that, does that ring true to you guys? I really, I, I'm trying to piece it together. It's been a while. Yeah. I, I feel think, like I think you're right. Okay. There was some double dog dare you with Nico. <laughs> it was kind of a game of chicken. So this is going to be really interesting with, with Chris Parson. Uh, last thing I'll say on, on the matter, I know Mississippi state is kind of the home state, School for him. He has family ties to Mississippi area. I think he has a lot of family still there. Uh, I know Mississippi State is looking for a quarterback. I mean, they were pretty early on in, in Brock Lennon. and looks like he's kind of trading away from them. Chris mentioned Auburn. So obviously taking an official to Florida State. Uh, so they're still looking for a quarterback in this class. I don't know, not related to Florida State recruiting. I don't know if Chris Parsons is a great fit for the air raid and what Mike Leach does. Like Chris's strengths are pushing the ball downfield like we saw uh, at, at the elite camp and, and improvising a lot, whereas the air raids are very about you know, very structured and, and timing based on a lot of short concepts. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It'll be this is going to be a fascinating month to see. Maybe even a, a critical one. Chris, is this a critical month? They're all critical. Pivotal. 
Oh, it's pivotal. I can't even keep up with my own stupid sayings. I'll never be a superstar. Uh, so let's let's transition to the other aspect of this quarterback recruited, and that's Brock Glenn taking an official visit. Our, our Auburn site had it. Chris was able to confirm it with Brock Glenn, report it like, hey, this is definitely happening. So he's going to be here this weekend for Florida State. And the really interesting aspect of this is that he'll be taking an official visit along with Ricky Collins, another a quarterback recruit is currently committed to Purdue. Uh, so, fellas, what do we think of that? Two quarterbacks, one official visit weekend. It's interesting. I've not asked for a backstory on why they're doing it. I don't know if it's a matter of scheduling for the two individual prospects. If FSU kind of wants to see how they interact, how they handle one another, I think there's something to that, especially when you're trying to take two in a class. I don't know if there's any psychology going on here or it was just simply this is how we're going to have to schedule it because – Glenn's obviously rushing towards a decision. Ricky's already committed, and this is week two. Brendan, you got a little intel on that? I don't have intel. I think you're just right on the psychology part of this. I think it's really fascinating. You're going to have played like you're playing a game of musical chairs with these two quarterbacks. You know, right now, uh, you need them more than they need you. I think as you kind of venture into these waters of uh, maybe playing a game of chicken with with Chris Parson to an extent, uh, and you're kind of saying, "Hey, we're opening up to to other suitors here." Uh, so these other quarterbacks have offers. You know, Ricky Collins is already committed to Purdue and has a home. He's also looking at taking visits elsewhere. I think Oregon's in the mix there. I'm not sure if that's confirmed. Yeah, LSU could definitely get in the mix there. He's they haven't from yet, but it could definitely happen. Baton Rouge. And then with Brock Glenn, like Chris, you mentioned Auburn. He's got other official visits and, unof- and official and unofficial visits uh, planned. So I think it's a kind of an interesting dynamic to have both those guys there this weekend to kind of maybe add a little bit of – you know, all of a sudden you see two people going for one spot and that might add a little bit of urgency if they're enjoying it. You kind of, kind of like when you're going house hunting and you see a couple leaving right, right as you're getting there and they just checked out the house and you're talking about how much they love it. All of a sudden that makes you want to start, you know, speeding up the process a little bit. So I think it's, it's an interesting strategy if, if it's being done intentionally. Do you have something on that, Zach? Yeah. I was just going to say, I read something, I believe this morning that Ricky Collins is actually be throwing at LSU on Friday before heading to his official visit to Florida State this weekend. Um, I think they have a seven on camp. So that, I mean, Chris mentioned that LSU could get involved. That could be another evaluation tool that they're using on that seven on camp to get another look at him um, before deciding if they want to go in on him. Obviously, they have some higher ranked uh, targets at the quarterback position. I think Jaden Rashad is one of them and a few others. Um, but we'll see. Uh, you know, I, like you guys said, I think this weekend's really interesting. Um, I don't think I've seen schools do this often where they bring two quarterbacks in the same weekend. Um, I don't know if it's a scheduling thing like Chris mentioned or whether it's a, a planned, you know, thing they, they want to try out. It'll be interesting. I, I'm, I'm interested to hear from both of them when they, when they leave their visits this weekend. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Do we, um, this is an impromptu question, not planned ahead of time, but because we're going to be busy this week, uh, they'll have the official visits that we're going to be covering on the bench. Uh, we'll have the big man camp on Wednesday, seven on seven on Wednesday, some other content as well. It's going to be busy. I don't know if we'll get to another podcast this week. I think we'd like to, but I don't want to promise it. Do we want to kind of talk about the official visit weekend real quick, just in case we can't get to, to break that down? Because there's uh, more than just the two quarterbacks coming. Yeah, I mean, we can dip into it really quick here. Obviously, we've talked about the two quarterbacks that are coming in. Trey Wisner, running back committed to Texas, he tweeted a graphic on Sunday that he was coming this weekend. Today, I spoke to recruiting coordinator at DeSoto. 
the high school he attends. He told me he's not coming this weekend. That uh, that supports something we got from a back channel earlier today or last evening that Zach passed along to me. Uh, A.O. Tafasi, big defensive lineman. He's going to Virginia Tech. He's actually there right now. Arkansas, and then he's coming to FSU. He's doing bing, bang, boom, three in a row. Official visits. UConn's the fourth school in the mix there. A decision from him is not far off. I think FSU has a real shot of making a big dent with him this weekend. Luke Burgess, offensive lineman from Indiana that FSU very much values, has definitely moved up the board here in recent months and visited in the spring. FSU is the second of three officials for him. He was at North Carolina last weekend. He'll be here this weekend. Wraps it up with Louisville next weekend. Decision expected soon after. And then five-star wide receiver Shelton Sampson Jr. Uh, came here, I believe it was might have been January. could have been early spring. I can't remember off the top of my head for sure. It was either January or March for a visit. Came actually with his quarterback. He's got some ties to Gabe Fertitta, one of the support staff members of FSU staff. Used to coach at his high school, was the head coach at his high school back in the day. Shelton's a kid that FSU I would describe as a dark horse in his recruitment. Obviously, Louisiana wide receiver, the top two pretty consistently, always LSU, Alabama. That holds true in this one. Others like Texas A&M are also involved. Worth keeping an eye on. FSU has a shot here because of the relationship, and he is a quiet kid, and they did a very good job in that first visit. I presume the official will be about, hey, we need a guy of your caliber. We've not had one in several years. But it, at the end of the day, I just – I. He's the type of kid that I don't find super attainable for FSU right now, barring a lot of things going the right way for them. Yeah, I think Shelton Simpson's probably going to LSU, but you got to shoot your shot. It's good to get an official visit there. Um, I'm really interested to see how uh, A.O. Tafasi's visit goes. Um, like Chris mentioned, I think he's going to be deciding like pretty soon after that FSU official. I'm not even sure if he's going to take a visit to UConn. I think he mainly has them in that top group because they were like the first school to offer him based on what I read. Um, but, it, but yeah, I think Ayo Tafasi is a legitimate guy for Florida State and they're going to be looking to make a big move this weekend with him. Luke Burgess, he's a legitimate offensive tackle prospect, six foot five and a half, 285 pounds. Um, Florida State loves him. I mean, Alex Atkins has done a great job. He dropped a top three. I think it's FSU, Louisville, and one other school, um, I'm forgetting the, the other school, but um, he's, I believe he's going to Louisville the weekend after Florida State, and then he'll be making a decision later in June or early July. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, these are some intriguing visitors. Um, obviously, the two quarterbacks are, are going to be the the names to watch, um, but five-star receiver Shelton Sampson, definitely a dude. Um, and then the other two guys are, are legitimate targets as well. All right, so that's a preview to this upcoming weekend. Before we wrap up the podcast, we need to do a quick review and then one more preview. So forward, backward, forward again is the flow of this podcast and a very organized. Let's do a quick review. We did the elite camp uh, breakdown. I don't think there's a whole lot of, of meat left on that bone. Like, I think we got to talk about everything we wanted to. Uh, the only thing I would say is in hindsight, like we talked about it afterwards, but Alex Atkins is consistently doing a really good job of getting offensive linemen on campus. And I think back to a couple years ago, uh, I think it was the 2019 offseason with the big man camp, and it was bad. Like there was no, we asked one offensive, I think it was Chaz Neal at the time, was it was camping, was a camp counselor. And Josh and I asked Chaz, like when we went inside to look at the offensive line, like, hey, is there anyone here, you know, even FCS level worth looking at? Chaz was kind of like, no, not really. It was kind of begged to the question. It's like, why are we even having this camp? Like, what's the point? 
of having it for Florida State at, at this point? Like, what are you getting from it as a staff and the allocated and resources and time that you're putting into it? Uh, and so now as the big man camp's coming up this week, the first of a couple of those, and we look at the guys who were there at the elite camp on Saturday, I just want to say like, it's just, that's, that's different. There's areas like linebacker that are still lacking just in numbers and quality of guys who are getting to campus. That's something that we can't ignore with the staff. Uh, but at least with the trenches, I think FSU is continuing to kind of fortify uh, their reputation and, and enhance it a little bit. That's all I'll say about last weekend. Uh, anything that we want to talk about before we talk about the mega camp? Now let's get into mega camp. So Zach, you wrote a really good story on one of the, the big time, uh, I guess, bloomers of the mega camp. Someone who came in with zero offers left with a Florida state offer in addition to eight other scholarships as well. And that's really what the mega camp is, is all about. Yeah. So I wrote a specific article about the, the journey of Shamik Jones at Florida state's mega camp. He walked onto FSU's IM fields, uh, around noon with zero offers uh, to his name. He's a six foot five, 255 pound defensive lineman out of South Carolina. He left FSU with nine offers and since has collected up to 12 now um, at last check. So he, he fully blew up. Um, he, he got a bunch of like legitimate offers. Florida State was even a school to offer him. Uh, USF was another. And, and there's a bunch of other uh, schools that were at the camp. And even some that weren't at the camp that, that extended offers his way. Um, so he's a perfect example of what this what the mega camp's all about. It's not a recruiting centric camp. We t- we've said that multiple times. Um, but Florida State finds a few every year that that they're gonna offer, and it, it provides these kids opportunities to change their lives. Like they're they're that kid walked in with zero offers, not knowing if he was going to attend a, a college um, for for football, and now he's got. 12 scholarship offers, full full ride scholarship offers um, of schools that he can attend later on. And he's a 2023 prospect. So it's not, you know, he's only got a senior season ahead of him. Um, So just a great, great thing for these kids. Um, I I enjoy talking to Shamik. I think he's a legit dude. He ran 4.79 in the 40. That's the fastest 40 time out of any defensive lineman at the camp. And I believe that's also top 20. what is Brendan doing over there? Um, I'm not doing anything. That's not me. Don't blame me. Hey, I'm a superstar. Shut your Chris, mouth. Is that Chris's email like notification thing? No, I'm sorry. It's some baseball transfer portal notifications. That oh I was my god! Oh my god! Hey you guys, really we're we're everything sports site. So sometimes things come up. I'm sorry. I apologize. I will. I will now put it on silent. Oh, speaking of baseball, real quick, uh, we're gonna have Brett Nevitt's Sunday Sunday Golds podcast is going to drop a couple of his episodes on the on the bench feed in the next week or so so uh check out what brett does regularly at sunday golds and chris might be making an appearance on one of those i don't know if that's been confirmed or not yet but yeah me and brett intend to do that like a little round table action a little yeah he's trying to get a fourth person i i don't know if it's someone out of market who's a national type or if it's someone who's also been around a lot with squad this year but yeah he's working on that I'll get he hit a deer, so it's put everything a little bit behind what? schedule. Yeah, what? Yeah, these things happen when you're driving home from Auburn. Oh, my buddy hit a deer going up 27. Was he going down 27? I don't I'm know. Sure that's where, I'm sure that's where it happened. Deer country. No way that just happened. My car is completely destroyed. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was... 
awesome. <laughs> but sorry about your car, man. It, it sucks. Anyways, Mega Camp. Mega Camp. Yeah, great opportunity for the kids. <laughs> A lot of those guys got offers. Cool, cool moments for them. Um, Florida State extended like I think three new offers. One was Shamik. Um, Oh, four. Okay, Chris, you, you run that. You did the story. You know, this is such a good podcast. I just want to say, like, the energy level of it, that there's shenanigans and information and takes all being kind of intertwined into one. And Chris hates doing this, and it just breaks my heart. And it, it just I says, don't hate doing this. You're incorrect you're, on that. You're talking as Rebels 24-7. Yeah, so they extended four offers on Sunday via the Mega Camp. Shimeek Jones, who Zach just spoke quite a bit about, that was a pretty cool story. Good-looking kid. The craziest thing about him, I, I compared him to Plato. He's pretty damn good already, but once you mold him, teach him, help him with the fundamentals, kind of clean up some of the stuff he does, like rounding off when he's turning a corner or doing better at driving off his back foot when he changes direction, he's only going to be better. I think he ran, what, a 4.7940? Pretty impressive. Yeah, exactly. It was size. up for it. Yeah. Yeah. So the next best offer, local running back Micah Danzi from Florida State University School, FSUS, FSU and I, for those older timers. He came – he showed out immediately. I actually didn't realize it was him until I saw him run around one-on-one, quick out and up, left somebody in their dust, caught the ball really pretty. Noticed Mike Norvell immediately beamed to him after that. I think he ran a 4-5-3 on tall grass out there because they forgot to cut it. That's on FSU football issue. That's an FSU university issue, but I digress. He also got Charlotte and Coastal Carolina at the event. He already had Georgia from camping there earlier in the week, and they offered. Kid's a damn good player. Excellent track athlete. Those numbers showed. Couple others, Traveris Banks, defensive back, who I actually didn't catch up with. He's a rising junior, 2024 kid like Danzy. He is from Alabama, Northridge, up there right near Tuscaloosa, near the University of Alabama. He got offered by Marcus Woodson. Quite a good offer list already. Bama, Auburn, Maryland, Mississippi State, Notre Dame, Ole Miss, name a few. Talented kid. He's in the 2024 composite, number 183 overall. Big DB, measured in at 6'1", 187 at FSU. So, he has a kind of size and kind of covered at the cornerback position. And it was funny. The other offer was a kid who I already thought had an offer, but he's a 2026 kid, so let's not get ahead of ourselves. Tyler Atkinson. He's a great-looking defensive end from Loganville, Georgia Grayson. He was at FSU in the spring. He came for a visit. I think it was a few days before the spring game, if I recall correctly. He came back. He's 6'2", buck 90, closer to 200 than 190 these days. He will definitely fill into that frame. He's got a 75-and-a-half-inch wingspan. He shoots off the edge, extremely athletic. He's the best prospect that I know of at this point in time in 2026. Not that I know a ton in that class, but there's a few kids that start emerging early on. The old Owen Popo, Sony Michelle emerging 7th, 8th grader types. He is certainly that guy, and he has the national respect already of a player of that caliber. He told me that he really enjoyed getting coached up by Coach Odell, Coach Norvell, Coach JP at camp. He told me this on Monday after camp on Sunday. He said he really uh, – that Norvell pointed out that he really liked how he kind of paid attention with his eyes. And to his credit, he was with the best group of defensive linemen there in the third session, which was the best group of defensive linemen on the day. He led the line consistently. He went through the drills efficiently. He looked apart entirely while competing with kids that are four years older than him, 2023 20, recruits. So I thought that was pretty impressive about him. Talked about he already has the offer list. Beyond FSU, he has Auburn, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Michigan State, Ohio State, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, and a few others that have already offered. So he's a big-time kid. He hopes to get back to FSU for a game this season. I think he's buddies with Derek McClendon. He definitely knows DMAC. I know they were talking at the camp. He's interested in seeing DMAC play this year. So those were a few guys. One guy FSU didn't offer who I really liked who had a great camp was Ty Ray. 
He's a big offensive lineman in the 2023 class from Apopka. Um, apparently, his junior film's a little underwhelming from what I was told by somebody that had watched it who was at the camp. But he's added about 10, 15 pounds since the season concluded. He's a six foot six, 300 pound kid. He was working at left guard at the camp. I thought he was really, really good at that spot. He had an excellent day. He picked up, I think, six, seven offers that day alone. Uh, I know App State offered the next day. USF had offered that day. Charlotte, Middle Tennessee, Troy, Indiana. I was actually standing there when Coach Allen, the head coach of Indiana, and a couple of the assistants were talking to him. And then one of the assistants, Kevin Wright, came over and told him he had the offer. Pretty cool moment for the kid. Uh, a lot of compliments to him. Some of the guys that knew him that were at that camp from different schools who had seen him last season complimented that he had taken a nice step forward, done a good job adding weight and being a better football player. So he's an example of that. There were a ton of other offers I saw to go out to other kids. Uh, Sean Civilino, who's a, a D-tackle from uh, Clearwater Academy, same school as Lucas Simmons. He picked up a couple off of the event. I thought he was really good on the day. There are some others. I, I think it's one of those events that's gonna we're going to keep seeing some kids get offers from it. I'm sure there's some kids that FSU liked on that day, but you're kind of spread thin that day because you have so many kids there that they'll probably push to get back up here for one of these individual camps coming up this month and maybe take an even closer look of. Oh, hey, Zach's back. Hey, Zach. Hello. Not to be, not to be confused with Zach Braff. All right. No, you're not right. Chris did an awesome job explaining the mega camp. That was amazing. Um, I don't know what this podcast has been. Brendan, how would you describe this podcast? I mean, right now we're at 47 minutes of recording. People listening to this podcast are probably at 20 minutes listening. I'm going to have a beast to edit with all the interruptions, uh, miscommunications, technical difficulties. Uh, this podcast... podcast. What? <laughs> that's not me for the record not me this podcast to answer you zach that's perfect timing has been cluster show is what it's been and i'm just giving myself more stuff to edit but i don't care anymore bleep bleep why not so until next time rate us five stars on no we have to talk about the big man camp the big man camp is what we were supposed <laughs> to be talking about was the whole point of doing it today Stick the landing, Brendan. <laughs> I don't care who's coming at this point. They're going to be and big, and they're going to be mad, and they're going to be at camp. Seven on seven, too. Did you write down that you have to edit this part? You probably should. So with the elite camp and the mega camp in the rear view and a group from Texas dropping by FSU for a couple hours today, we're onward to the big man camp and the first seven on. They have three of those this summer, the 8th, the 15th, and the 22nd, I believe, are the dates for those. Tomorrow's the first one. I'm going to let my buddy Zach take over here for a minute, and he's going to talk about some of the guys we expect through the door. Yeah, so big man camp. I think the name to note for big man camp for Florida State fans to keep an eye on, Wilkie Denod. We've known about him for a while. I think I even have a Florida State crystal ball logged. Um, if I don't, then I think someone does on this website. Um, but, <laughs> but Florida State is heavy on him um, early on in the spring. Things kind of seemed to cool a little bit. Um, they kind of wanted to evaluate him a little bit more. They saw him in spring. They went to his spring game. Um, things went well. They want to see him in person. They want to work him out in person. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of pull him aside and do more of an individual workout with him and just kind of see how he moves, um, and and you know just just see how he good if he is good he is as a player. This podcast is breaking me, um, but. Yeah, so Wilkie Denod is the, the name to note, but there's also a few others. 
Brunswick is bringing a crew down for for the offensive line and the seven on seven uh, portion uh, on the O line. Jamal Merriweather, he's a uh, tall offensive tackle prospect committed to UCF right now. Um, but Florida State was evaluating him earlier on in the spring. This will be a good chance for them to evaluate him even more as they get to work him out um, against some of the defensive linemen that'll be in attendance. I'm told there are around uh, a dozen seven on teams that are competing at, at this specific camp. Remember, there's two other ones, uh, other seven on seven competitions that are going to be happening later in June. Um, I think one's next Wednesday and then the Wednesday after that. Um, I expect the second one to have the most amount of teams. This one will be a little bit less, which is great for us because it will give us um, the ability to actually see what's going on on most of these practice fields, whereas the other ones are going to be um, like 20 practice, twenty fields at a time, which is going to be nuts. Uh, but for seven on, Brunswick's bringing a crew down. There's a running back. Uh, Chris, you can talk about him. Running back out of Miami Booker T. Washington um, that just transferred over there from another program. Rising junior running back Gerald Modis is a running back for Booker T. Washington. He's coming in. He's got an offer from FSU already. He uh, talks to David Johnson, or he was talking to David Johnson. I don't know if that's transition with Randy Shannon coming on full time. Uh, also a track kid, good player. He was previously, I believe, at Miami Edison, if I recall correctly. So, yeah, but he told me he's coming with the 7-on-7 seven seven crew when I talked to him today. Cool. Yeah, so that's basically the rundown on 7-on-7 on seven on seven and big man. I think the next – Next week's big men and seven on will be a little bit more well attended um, for both of those specific uh, camps. Um, but this one will still have some important prospects. We'll be keeping an eye on Wilkie Denod and how he performs in front of FSU's coaches. So stay locked in and know 24 seven for the full coverage tomorrow. Yeah. And for those unfamiliar with the seven on and big man camp stuff, uh, teams that come for seven on. So for example, Brunswick coming to play in seven on, they also bring their linemen for the big man camp. So that's what kind of populates the numbers, a lot of it. And then you get some of the individuals that come into the work, the big man camps. So you'll have a mix of some individual kids, and then you'll have a lot of groups of 5, 10, 15 linemen from a single school that their team's also doing the 7-on-7 event. So that's sort of what it is. So you might see 150 kids, but there might only be about 10, 12 in the linemen group that you're truly looking at as prospects. The other ones are just there to get work. Wow. Really informative stuff, guys. This has been a great podcast. Noel 24 7 is looking for a sponsorship after doing this for like four years without really a full-time sponsor. So, you know. Is that a red flag? Uh, yeah, I think it's character concerns for sure. Uh, and this is definitely the podcast to show and highlight to sponsors how great of a production we have. Really good stuff. If it's anything that fits into a good vice, we're here for it. Especially that guy, Brendan. Jeez. Brock Glenn just got offered by Ohio State. Oh, they don't know what they're looking at. They can't evaluate quarterback. Dang. He was my favorite. He was mine too. Hey, why are we talking about past tense, guys? Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. All right. I'm going to go Momo Yard. Rank this five stars. Or don't. We don't care. Brendan, another another hash mark. Brendan's going to have to edit and then listen to it before he can actually release it. Oh, like entirely listen to it. One of us is getting fired today after this podcast goes up. There's no way I'm not going to miss everything.
Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Ha! Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!